I am, I think, at at heart, uh, somebody that enjoys learning. Um, and through conversations I've had with many, many customers over those years, uh, there's a, just a wealth of information I, I gained. Uh, information might not be a great way to describe it, but but knowledge of different things in life, di- things different people enjoy. Um, and so there's there's a bond there that takes, and it's not a fake, uh, it's not a fake bond. Hey, I want to talk about because no, it's a genuine interest in who they are. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. All right, welcome to the Waste No Day podcast. I'm Nate here with Brian, and we have a special guest today. Aaron Buckwater comes to us from One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning. What's up, guys? Yeah, welcome here, yeah, Aaron. Welcome. Appreciate welcome. it. Thank you. Awesome. Nate, welcome. Yeah, good to see you, bro. Episode one. Episode one. It's going to be hot. Yeah. Uh, so what we want to talk about more in this podcast than anything is how to help you. And by you, we mean technician in the field, whether you're in plumbing, heating, air conditioning, or electrical. This podcast is designed to be specific to your needs. And when we say your needs, we're talking about what does it take to serve the customer? What does it take to be with them in the field, in the home? What does it take to not only take care of them technically, but also take care of them in a way that they feel like they got their money's worth, they got exactly what they wanted, and they feel great at the end of that transaction. So Aaron, uh, just kind of spitballing here. I mean, what got you into the business? Uh, interesting, funny story, uh, actually, uh, if you go back, I guess this is, uh, I've been, I'll be starting my 16th year here in this business. Um, started out, cut my teeth as a, as a comfort advisor. Um, actually I knew, uh, Larry going back that far, I knew Larry Rohr, uh, years ago, um, actually worked in one of his other businesses that he had. It was a rebath business, bathroom remodeling. And for um, those of our listeners who aren't uh, familiar, who is Larry? So Larry is, uh, his father, Harry C. Rohr, founded the business over 60 years ago. So, okay. yep. um, Scott, who's the current owner with Matt is actually third generation. Uh, Larry was the second. Um, and Larry, in a lot of ways, helped, I think, shape this business uh, to what it is today with the franchise and everything that kind of took on. But backing up to when I got started, um, Larry had a couple different businesses, one of which was Rebath. Uh, Rebath, uh, I started there, um, worked for him. Um, and Rebath is one of those uh, like bathroom remodeling and things that would come in and to an existing home and, and turn it over. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting concept. I mean, they basically do a, a one day bathroom remodel. It's not a full bath remodel. It's more of a, a you know, a, cosmetic a, a stuff, cosmetic yeah. uh, tub liner with with surround kind of thing. Um, great, it, it was a great business model. Uh, similar in the sense that it's an in home. Uh, sales process that I did. Similar to actually what I did when I first came here. Uh, a little bit different product being sold, um, but I came here. It, it, it's, it was one of those things where it was time to, I think, move on. An opening uh, kind of came available here at one hour. Uh, Larry had said something to me about coming over and selling heating and air conditioning equipment. And I said, you know what? I think this could be a good fit. Um, 
so I came over at that time. I think that was the summer of 2005 actually is when, is when I started. So, yeah. um, yeah, so sold for a lot of years and, uh, eventually, uh, worked myself into, uh, an operations position uh, and here I am. Right. So you've had uh, quite a bit of experience there, both in the field and in the office. So you kind of bring together this hybrid um, position mm-hmm. where you have both of both worlds in right. your repertoire. Right. Uh, what we want to talk about today, I think, is more dealing with the field side. So sure. being in front of the customer is something that um, obviously every service technician, plumbing, electrician, whatever it may be, is dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, kind of harkening back to those days, I mean, what was like... What was the most enjoyable thing about that experience? Uh, I think, you know, there, there, was, there was two kinds. If you're going back to my selling days, there was, there was two kinds of calls. Uh, there was what we call the marketed call, um, where a customer would call in. They'd be responding to a mail piece, uh, you know, $500 off, $1,000 off, uh, respective piece of equipment. Um, that it was a lot of fun uh, in the sense that you're going into a lot of times where it's a first-time customer. Uh, you don't have necessarily a rapport already built with the organization um so you got a chance to really dig into that customer and find out what made them tick what's important to them um why they you know why they wanted to do business if they wanted to do business what company they were looking for to do business with um and then there was the other uh what we would call lead that was more of a tech generated lead and and a lot of times these you know, you already have that rapport established with the homeowner. Um, there is, you know, the, the text going into the home. It might be an older piece of equipment. Uh, it could be our, their first experience with our organization. Um, that tech could be the first experience. Um, but I would be naturally the, the second experience they had with the organization. So a lot of that trust was already kind of formed with the technician themselves. Um, so I was kind of coming in on the heels uh, of, that, of that call. Um, and just kind of, it's a, it's a different, it was a different environment, kind of a different, uh, call, if you will. Um, what did I enjoy most? Um, honestly, just getting to know the person I'm sitting across from. Um, it was a very genuine, uh, experience. At least that's, I I contribute, I think a lot of, of my success to that. Um, there wasn't a lot of fakeness, uh, at least on my side, there wasn't a lot of fakeness there with the homeowner. It was truly figuring out how can I serve them best? Yeah. Um, so I think to kind of jumping in on you there, sure. I think that, and Brian, feel free to, to step in here as well. I think some of the things that, that guys are looking for in the field is how to make that experience genuine. Yeah. You know, everybody kind of has that fear of appearing like the salesperson guy. Yeah. Right. And that's essentially what you were at a base right. level. So mm-hmm. you had to overcome that. So, I mean, in, in talking about building that rapport, especially if it was like a brand, brand new marketed right. lead, I mean, what were kind of some of the, the key points that you focused on? And, and Brian, you might have some ideas there too. Well, I think he, he mentioned the biggest one, which was to, to be real, not be fake. Right. <clears throat> and to think about how you're going to serve their needs as you're walking in there, um, knowing full well in the back of your mind that a success for them is going to be a success for you. Biggest thing you could do is figure out how we can help them and if we can't help them we can't help them right yeah for me i mean quite simply i I, it's kind of funny over the years i feel like my my knowledge base has grown significantly um i i am i think at at heart uh somebody that enjoys learning um and 
through conversations I've had with many, many customers over those years, uh, there's a, just a wealth of information I, I gained. Uh, information might not be a great way to describe it, but, but knowledge of different things in life, Di- things different people enjoy, um, whether it was cars, whether it was sports, whether I try to steer clear of politics and religion. Those were the two yeah, I tried absolutely. to steer clear of. Good dinner. Good dinner. Yeah, that's there, right? just not something you want to talk a lot about. But I mean, whether it was, you know, golf or, you know, gardening or horticulture, anything that, that kind of, you know, they genuinely would show interest in, I too was genuine in the sense that I wanted to learn about it. Um, and so there, there's a bond there that takes, and it's not a fake, uh, it's not a fake bond. Hey, I want to talk about because. No, it's a genuine interest in who they are. Um, and that was probably my, you know, I look at my success I had over the years. That's truly the, the reason I think I was successful was because it was a genuine interest in them. Not necessarily me, but it was more about them. And people sense that. So that's that's a really good point. And yet I think some guys kind of, they feel fearful of coming off as disingenuous, right? Right. So they, they're trained to ask the question, ooh, I saw a nice Mercedes in the driveway. Right. This guy's probably a car guy. I'll talk about cars. So how did you overcome that disingenuous um, nature of asking questions that perhaps you're not really interested in, but still getting on the same page with the customer? I, I had to learn that one myself in the beginning because I would do, I would do exactly that because I was nervous about building rapport and making a connection. And I always felt disingenuous when I was being disingenuous. So if I walked up and saw your car in the driveway and started talking about it, I don't really care about cars. They don't really do anything for me. So at some point I just, I just stopped doing that and found something that, that was actually interesting to me that they would want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So Brian, yours was more of like a sincere curiosity. Uh, it became that um, I, I did it insincerely out of an abundance of uh, or, or out of an out of a desire to connect and I wasn't being in uh, insincere necessarily I really wanted to connect with them I just didn't know how so I would start talking about something that I wasn't really interested in then all of a sudden I figured out that I would be uh, connect much more easily if I found something that I was interested in and started talking about that does that line up with your experience? Here? Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it, when I was walking up to a house to to meet a customer either for the first time, um, it, listen, it, an easy an easy example is is somebody's yard. Listen, if somebody's meticulous about their yard, it's very easy to tell. I mean, you can see their yard, you see the neighbor's yard. I mean, shoot, if you're a homeowner, you, you look at that, you know what your own yard looks like. So, I mean, for me, if, if hey, you, you pay a genuine compliment, um, whether it was interest, you know, interest interesting to you or not. You pay a sincere compliment. Say, That's a gorgeous yard. I mean, it looks like it takes a lot of work. And clearly, if you know anything about yards, it does take a lot of work. Yeah, and absolutely. So from that standpoint, you can it, it kind of breaks down a barrier. It's it's unrelated to the the reason you're there, but it, all it does is open a line of communication. And at that point, as you're kind of going down, you're taking in information they're giving you. You're starting to figure out, you know, what is important to them. Um, and by using that information, uh, you can start open, uh, ans- uh, excuse me, asking open-ended questions. Um, and it's, it's basically questions that all it's designed to do is to get that homeowner talking. So that's kind of the next part that I wanted to go into. So great, you found a subject that either you're naturally curious about or at least you have some interest in. You're creating dialogue with the client in front of right. you. You're having a good time. You're getting on a, a relationship level. What's your next step? 
Well, from there, just say, hey, you know what? Um, you bring it full circle. For me, when I was selling, uh, if, if we did, you know, 15, 20 minutes of, of what I would call bonding and rapport, and that's, you know, essentially what getting on that that kind of friendship level, if you will, is, it's just bonding and rapport. Um, at that point, I would say, hey, listen, appreciate the time you gave me thus far. Um, let's talk a little bit about kind of what you have, why I'm here. Uh, obviously, I'm here for a reason. Uh, in your own words, would you mind sharing with me X? And that would, again, kind of open up that, that line of communication to start getting into more of the business you know, at, at hand. Why am I sitting here? Um, but again, it's a still a very open-ended question. And I try not to assume I know anything that they're looking for. I let them tell me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, what was, I mean, quick answer here, what was kind of like your average time on the bonding and rapport part? Yeah, that's a great question, Nate. Um, you know, generally speaking, I would say it would last anywhere from from twenty to forty minutes. Okay. Um, and if if it gets to the point in the conversation where you're starting to have to pull information out of that customer, they're ready to move on. Um, and it's a it's it's very distinct. Uh, you do it long enough, you recognize when that time is. Um, so at that point, what you're basically doing is you're saying, okay, uh, hey, and again, that transition, like I talked about earlier, uh, it, it's time to transition into to why, why you're there. So I'm guessing some of our listeners at this point probably just swallowed their gum when they heard 40 minutes. I mean, in the technician world, you know, they're dealing with a timetable. Mm-hmm. They have a back-to-back-to-back schedule. Yep. You know, in the sales world, you are a little bit more freeform and yes. all that. So if we could, con- if you could condense the 20 to 40 minutes and bring that down into like a bite size or a chunk size piece for the time what do you think you would recommend to technicians is like an adequate amount of time to warm up I uh, go ahead yeah I would say we train on this often there isn't a time at all you'll you'll or at least I always felt when what I called the wall would come down the little bit of anxiety I would feel in front of somebody new um, I knew if I felt it they felt it and as soon as that wall came down and I felt as comfortable with this homeowners I do with you right now, then I was okay to stop warming up and get to business. With some people that was pretty automatic. It was you know, within a minute or two of walking in because our personalities connect. With some people that took 20, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. But the idea was not to move forward until that happened because that's just one more thing you're gonna have to overcome later. Yeah, so for you, Brian, it sounds like it was more of a, a feeling, like a sense that this person is now kind of open, like was, they're it relaxed. It's definitely a feeling, yeah, for sure. Does that line up on your it, side it too? Was body it, it does. It yeah. was tonality. You could you could see them relax. You could hear their their voice change over to going from somewhat defensive, kind of fearful of what you're gonna try to do there, or you know, sell them something, to a more calm, relaxed state. Uh, where we're just friends chopping it up. For 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 the listeners out there, I mean, my my telltale signs for me were always um, tonality, uh, the body language the homeowner's giving you. Um, for me, a lot of my bonding rapport would take place. I mean, the first question I asked when I walk in was asking, hey, is there a comfortable place you like to sit down and chat a little bit? And it, they usually take you to their comfortable place. That might be at the kitchen table. That might be at the, you know, living room sofas. Um, and, and honestly, most of the time it was in the living room. So you sit down, there's some, you know, comfy chairs there. 
And if they're usually sitting upright, a little bit guarded at first, but over the time, you can see their, their demeanor, their body language just start relaxing. Before you know it, they're leaned back in their chair, they're comfortable, um, they're laughing, you guys are having a good time. Um, and, and at that point, you know, you've kind of broken that ice. Um, and, and that was always my telltale sign. And that's, that sounds great. Uh, and I'm guessing some of the people out there listening are probably thinking, oh yeah, fantastic. I have customers like that. And then the next customer I go to is like, they're not giving me anything. Sure. They're all about the business. In fact, they're throwing questions back my direction. How much, how fast, how soon, yep. what's it going to be? So how did you hit the pause button on the customer coming back at you and say like, no, we need to not literally out loud, but we need to keep warming up here a little bit before we step into that. Yeah, at that point, I mean, you probably haven't done a great job of bonding and rapport. Okay. Uh, if, if they're coming back at you that hard. Even if, like, let's say it's a, a very A-type personality. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's just like, listen, I don't got time to discuss my lawn with you. I'm just here so that you can fix something for me. Like that type of person, how did you overcome that? Yeah, at, at that point, if you're walking into, uh, and I would call that a hostile probably a more hostile customer. Um, there's generally a reason why they are hostile. Um, for the most part, whether you're a, a salesperson walking into a home, whether you're a technician walking into that home, a lot of times if they're that if they're if they're that abrupt with you, um, it's it's usually related to stress. And and that's and that, it could be a whole different bunch of different reasons. I mean for me, when I was walking out into the home, if I met a customer that was that abrasive, it was usually boiled down to uh, they knew they had to do something. They may not know where the funds are coming from. Uh, that is a big stressor. It's something they weren't planning on, they weren't counting on, and all of a sudden we show up and we find issues with the piece of equipment or maybe it stopped working that morning and they went to bed the previous night not knowing that it was going to wake, they were going to wake up to a cold house or a hot house. And so it, it's just stress. My job was to try to alleviate that stress the best I could. And, you know, it's about coming, coming alongside that homeowner uh, and figuring out how can we resolve their issue together. I, I'm, I'm their advocate. And, and, you know, ultimately, if somebody is that hostile to me, I usually call a timeout, physically call a timeout, use my hands as, you know, and, and just say, hey, listen, I understand this is stressful. Um, I'm here to help you. I want to take care of you in this. Um, but it starts with a conversation. Um, and listen, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to do the best I can to get you resolved and things taken care of. Um, and that usually diffuses the situation. And a lot of times they might apologize. Say, listen, you know what? I, I'm stressed out. I, I, I wasn't counting on this conversation today. I know these things aren't cheap. I knew I had to do something. I was hoping I could get another couple more months out of it or whatever the situation might be. Um, but generally, that, that was why these stressors or these conversations would, would turn hostile or be hostile from the start. Yeah. Really good information there. Uh, our guest today is Aaron Buckwalter, operations manager with One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning. Uh, we're talking about bonding and rapport, uh, setting up a, a warm conversational tone with the customer at the beginning of the call. Uh, you just mentioned there um, another piece that I wanted to step into, and that was kind of uncovering the, the secret reason behind their stress, right? Mm -hmm. So part of the purpose of Bonnie and Rapport is to get down to the base level. Right. Why am I here? Right. Why did you call me and not the guy down the street? Or right. why did you, um, why now and not 
earlier or not later? Like, what what is the impetus behind this? So, in your bonding report and report um, time, like, what were some key questions that you helped uh, or, or helped the client to understand some of these answers, mm -hmm. some of these why questions? Yeah. Um, you know, as as we look at as we look at the process, I mean, essentially. I, I'm in my own head now. I'm not necessarily sharing with this with the customer, but I'm going through. Um, do we have everybody there to ultimately make this decision? Uh, it's an important decision. Do we have everybody involved that's going to ultimately be involved in saying yes or no? Um, we're going to need to talk about budget, uh, find out what they ultimately want to spend. Um, and that can be done a number of different ways. It, sometimes they'll just come out with you and say, hey, this is our budget we have to work with. A lot of people don't know what their budget is. Um, so I have to walk through that process of kind of unco uncovering, A, what these things can cost, and B, you know, based off of your design criteria, in other words, what you're looking for, um, how much are these things going to cost, um, Time frame. Uh, when are they looking to have this thing replaced? Is it is it something that's not working and it's zero degrees outside or it's ninety five degrees outside and they need something done yesterday? Um, is this something that they're just now starting the process of of figuring out? Hey, you know what? I know this thing's twelve years old. Life expectancy on this unit is probably twelve to thirteen. So I'm I'm going to have to do something here in the very near future. Um, so time frame has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, and you know those are those are the biggest questions in my head. And my questioning, what I, I'm asking of that homeowner, uh, typically leads me down uh, a road of figuring those questions out. Because if it's a much different conversation I'm having with the homeowner um, if they're just ultimately starting the process. In other words, what does their buying process, buying decisions look like? Um, and everybody's different. Um, some people tend to be a little bit more, hey, reactive, this thing's not working, so guess what, I got to fix it now. Others tend to be more proactive. Um, and they say, okay, well, I know I don't got a lot of time left on this unit, so uh, let's start getting some numbers together and figure out what this is going to cost and I can start saving accordingly. Yeah, that's really good stuff. Um, Brian, just want to bring you in here on some of that. So, I mean, you're coming at it from a plumbing perspective. I mean, what were kind of some questions that you used uh, perhaps in a more uh, a shortened time frame. So Aaron was more about the equipment when he was functioning as a comfort advisor. You were functioning more as a technician. So uh, probably less dollars, but more urgent. Like, you know, my, my drain's yeah. not working, my, my toilet stopped, whatever it is. Yeah, one thing we didn't tend to have, which is if you have a lead set, uh, one-hour technician would tell them to expect about an hour, hour and a half, I'm guessing, for sure. you to sit down and have a conversation about this equipment. We're not getting that in a plumbing truck or in a, an electrician truck. We're going in and seeing a problem, more, more calls than not, and they are there standing ready for us to fix that problem and get out of their house. So one thing we had to do, I had to do, was definitely condense the presentation piece. Uh, the, the one thing I would never skip was the warm-up. Again, if that wall hasn't come down and there's still that little bit of anxiety between me and that homeowner, or maybe anxiety is a little strong, but shyness or just you don't know who they are, they don't know who you are, you don't trust each other yet, it, it's a little standoffish <clears throat> or at least certainly uncomfortable. Go Get through that part, um, definitely go through the process there, feel that wall go down, and then, yeah, you ask them, I mean, you, you do the uh, needs method, what do they have now? 
What do they enjoy about what they have now? What would they alter? Who are the decision makers and what are the solutions we can come up with? And asking pointed questions gets you to those answers. So your approach was to actually like ask the direct question, like who is the decision maker? Um, at some point, you would have to ask that question if, if you're clearly dealing with a husband and wife team and there's a couple kids in there, you, I, I probably wouldn't ask that question. But if I'm dealing with one person, I'm always going to make sure that there's only, this is the only decision maker. And the, the way to do that was usually to just ask, is there anybody else that needs to be involved in the decision making process? And is that conversation part of your bonding and rapport phase as well? I didn't have a particular place I put that. I just okay. made sure I always had that question answered. Um, but always before I started presenting, before I started talking product and money, I would, I would know that. Yeah. No, no point in going through all that if you're talking to one of the four people who make the decision. Really good stuff today, guys. Um, so, Aaron, one thing that I wanted to talk about was if we segment kind of our listeners and we say, all right, we, we know we have some experienced people out there, mm -hmm. some veterans of the trades, yep. you might say. And we also know that we have some fairly new people, some greenhorns and some guys, you know, who are in it for a couple years or something like that. So let's start with the, the newbies mm -hmm. right now. What would be, I don't know, three takeaways, three questions, three tactics, three approaches that you would say, this is really what I would recommend for somebody who's just getting into this understanding of dealing with the customer mm -hmm. um, and, and what you would recommend to them. Yeah. So, I mean, as a technician, I, first and foremost, I, I, options. A, a customer has to have options. Um, you know, the, the nice thing that, that you get when you're, when you're already kind of pre-qualifying or not quite, you're telling them what's going to happen at the end. When you present those options, all you're doing is delivering on what you already promised them you're going to do. Expectations can carry through. Correct. Right. Yep. Okay. Number two? Um, I would say from a standpoint of, of knowing or understanding who it is you're talking to. Um, is that from a personality standpoint or something else? Uh, I would say, are they able to make the decision? Are they able to say yes or no? Decision um, maker. Correct. If, if you're talking... I mean, you can be talking to one person, and if they're, not, if they're not able to tell you yes or no at the end of the day, you're not going to get anywhere. They could be your, what I would call your white knight to talk to the person ultimately that could say yes or no. Um, but you're probably, your, your presentation, everything you're going to offer or show them is going to be a little bit different if they're not ultimately the person that can say yes or no to you. Okay. Um, and then finally, the last thing is, is this something that is a, a need today? Is it something that has to be done now? Or is this something that you're, you're recommending because you see a part failing or there's something there that is going to happen down the road? Um, so if, if you can break out those, those three things or identify those three things, I think you're going to be, a, as a, a newbie, so to speak, you're going to be much further ahead of the game. Um, but even beyond you know, that, if, if you're green at this, I would recommend uh, improving or listening to uh, some type of, of communication or you know, a, a talk, somebody that can kind of teach you how to communicate more effectively. Um, and that could be a podcast, that could be an audio book, that could be something on YouTube that, that kind of teaches you those things. Communication. Something, yeah, yeah, communication is key. Um, whether it's in life or in work, uh, it, it's, you're always talking to people. So communication, being able to, to understand 
what somebody else is telling you, uh, hearing what's not being said uh, is going to be key. That's great stuff. And Brian, I know that you've mentioned um, in some of your trainings that you would just strike up conversations with complete strangers at the grocery checkout, you know, in line at the movie theater, on an airplane, whatever it is, just get really good at talking to strangers. Yep, and that, that is not natural to me. Uh, it might seem like it is now, but it's not natural to me to, to, at least when I got into selling, to have conversations with strangers. Um, <clears throat> I'd get pretty nervous about having to do something like that. So as part of my own personal training to get better at sales and communication, I had a mentor, and that mentor would have me strike up conversations with random people, the flight attendant, a waitress, a waiter, a bartender, just walk up, and usually with an objective in mind, maybe, maybe to uh, you know, get a certain piece of information out of that person, what city they live in or what have you. Just start up by saying good afternoon and end with this information, and don't come back until you do, and that's something that anyone can do for really good practice in communication um, and once you start being able to do that pretty effectively then you start doing it faster you start getting to that information faster without seeming pushy right um, that's an excellent way to get better at I guess it would just be improv improvising right another one another one would be like an improv class you really have to learn how to listen in an improv class and that's a good way to really hone your skills. Okay, Aaron, so the top three for a brand new person or, or a, a younger person in the trades will be discussing expectations at the end of the call, specific to I'll probably be going over several options or several solutions for the, today's problem. Um, and then we would want to talk about who we, who we are discussing with, like identifying the person. Is this a decision maker? Are there other people involved? Is this, is this somebody who's going to be conveying the information or are they taking it directly? Uh, exactly who that is. And then what was the third one again? The third one was kind of what Brian just talked about, listening to some type of audio book or something that's going to help improve your communication skills. Yeah. 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 And, and actually you said, and I use the same word, uh, decision maker for all the listeners out there, I, don't, please don't, don't use, use the word, word decision maker <laughs> yeah. uh, when, when talking to a person. <laughs> Say, is there anyone else involved in the process or is there anyone that's helping you out with this? Or, you know, something that it, when you talk about decision makers, you can really get yourself in some hot water depending on who that person is you're talking to. Yeah, so, kind of a dead giveaway that yes. uh, we're, we're going to a sales presentation yes. here, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so really good stuff there. If we kind of shift to the second half of our, our listeners and, and speaking more towards the veterans and the mature people yeah. in the field, you know, somebody who is fairly conversational, like you were saying, Brian, that they can strike up a conversation, somebody who's certainly familiar with the three option close and presenting options, and somebody who probably has some resources that they listen to and those types of things, um, and certainly can identify who they're talking to. What's kind of like the next evolution, like, you know, part two of that training where they really start to refine that warm up 15 20 minutes with a client so they can they can do all those things even faster and better and then maybe get even a little bit farther along the way yeah um, at that point you're you've essentially you're, you're doing you're doing the behaviors as I call them at that point uh, if you're that far ahead you're doing the behaviors um, you're probably having some success at that point um, you know as you're as you're advancing in your career, not only your, your you know, personal career, your, your uh, selling career, um, what you, you ultimately find is now 
what you're doing is you're, you're diving into probably nuances um, of maybe some of the different product that you have. Listen, product knowledge is great um, when used at the right time. And, you know, for, for those of us who are more advanced in our selling, um, there is time, depending on what customer you're talking to, depending on what you're doing, there is time to pull out that what we call product knowledge um, and share that with the homeowner. Uh, too many times, I think the amateurs out there, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll go to a seminar, they'll go to a sales class, or they'll go to a product knowledge class. Uh, you know, a, a, a wholesaler or a supplier will come in and talk about a particular product, how great it is. And that's all fine and dandy, but if that's being brought out at the wrong time and talked about with the homeowner, um, a lot of times you can you can kind of lose that homeowner in, in information, in data. Um, sometimes less is more. Uh, so as you're as you're advancing in your career and you're you're starting to learn about these different products uh, that can you know enhance the homeowner's life uh, that you're going to talk with them about, um, ultimately the 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 more advanced technician, the more advanced salesperson uh, is going to understand and know when is the appropriate time to use that. Um, if you if you share too much, sometimes you can talk yourself right out of that out of that sale. Yeah. So really, what it comes down to is we all want to have uh, a good amount of knowledge. Like right. we all want to be well educated, well informed. The expertise side of that is knowing exactly when and what to say. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's awesome. kind of what you would think is taking somebody to the next level. Yes. Yes. Yep. Hey, really good stuff today, Aaron. Um, appreciate all your insight. Uh, before we wrap up, we do uh, want to do a rapid five, rapid fire five question oh. with you. All right. Fire all right. away. So uh, question number one. <laughs> this will be fun. If, uh, if you had one final meal, I'm not saying you're on death row, but I'm saying if you had one final meal before you were checking out of this world, what's on the menu? Oh, man. I, I am a surf and turf guy. So give me a give me a fillet, all right? Uh, medium to, to medium rare. Um, uh, too too much or uh, there's you can never be in too much pink in the middle of that steak. Uh, and then give me how about uh, you know what? I, I I like lobster. Give me a good lobster just drenched in butter. All right, all right. Yep, with some mashed potatoes, maybe some garlic potatoes and uh, green beans or or uh, spinach. Yeah. I, that's all good. Surf and surf. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> bucket list. Number one thing on the bucket list right now. Whew. I would love to play uh, Augusta National. I, I I love playing golf. That's, um, that's golf for all. Yeah. Of sorry. Yeah. Right. Sorry. So where they hold the Masters? Um, for all those that, that uh, watch the Masters, Augusta National is. You know that would be a bucket list. I, I don't know that I know anybody to get on that course, um, but if if I could play Augusta National, that would be yeah, that would be a dream. All right. Uh, if you were a movie star, are you in action flicks, romances, documentaries? Ah, action all the way. Action. Absolutely. Yeah, right on. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, fourth one. If you are left with only the ability to read a book or watch a movie, which one is it? 
and which book or movie is it? I'm not much of a reader. Um, I, I definitely would be a movie watcher. And I'm sorry, what was the question? What, what movie would it be? What movie would it be? If I could only watch one movie. A lot more of movie. end of life questions here. Jeez, on this am one. I dying, mate? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> something I don't know? It's going to have to be a long one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is War and Peace a movie? I mean, have they done that one yet? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think, and I actually just recently watched this movie for like the 10th time. Not that I'm binge watching it, but when it's on, it's like I can't turn it off. Uh, and that's Gladiator. That's got to be a, a top two or three favorite for me. Yeah. Great movie. Absolutely. And then we do like to kind of wrap it up with uh, one of those like retrospective questions, right? So... Um, you're, you're on your deathbed. You're leaving one, one More phrase. Death, I know, right? It's just, it's coming all together, man. Been a bad year. Uh, all right. <laughs> it is 2020. All right. All right. So you got, you got one, one statement or one message to leave behind, whether it's to your children or to the next generation as a whole. I mean, what is it? What is the thing that you really want the next group of, of people hmm. in this world to really understand and wrap behind? What would be the wisdom that you would leave behind for people? Um, oh man, that's, that's a great question, Nate. Um, as, as I think about it, uh, I think probably, are you talking like legacy? Like what what would be my legacy? Yeah. Legacy. I mean, what, what is the thing that you value so much or you think you would value so much that you need to communicate to the next generation? Hmm. I, it, yeah, I'm, what's rolling around in my head is, is, you know, probably my, my family would, would be the, and I don't, I don't know how to, I guess, equate that or, or articulate that into uh, a legacy or, um, shoot, Nate, that's a good question. Bro. I mean, it kind of goes, I, I think I'm with you. What piece of advice you left? What would it be? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, I, you know. It, fix that in editing. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a great question. I mean, I, I would say try to always treat others the way, I mean, it's the golden rule, as you right. would want to be treated. I mean, I think if, if people lived by that, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm perfect at that by any stretch, but if, if we would treat, you know, others, humanity, the way we would want to be treated, this world would be a completely different place. Um, and as simple and as cliche and as cheesy as that may sound, uh, it, it, it does hold very, very true. So All right. it's actually a great conclusion to the bonding rapport subject that we were starting with. I mean, that's true. Really what you're coming into that conversation is, Hey, listen, I know you're a person with a need. I'm a person with a solution. Let's see if we can figure out how this, Let's figure makes out sense. how we can help each other. Nate, what would yours be? Ooh, I don't, I don't like the throwback to this host <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good though. I mean, the, the podcast here is called Waste No Day, so I, th- I think that's a really good message to really communicate. And it's one, frankly, that we all struggle with. I yeah. mean, it sounds good as a slogan, but to wake up every day and actually realize that this is all that I get and, and I'm not promised anymore. Right. I mean, that's something to really live your life by. And yeah. Unfortunately, it's one of those things that just goes by the wayside. I mean, the old slogan about how the, the, uh, the days are long, but the years are short, right? And before you know it, there you go. Yep true story well that's our podcast for today everybody uh hey if you like what you hear and you want to work for a team that understands and values what it means to be a tech uh and we'll challenge you train you to go farther check us out we're hiring you can find us on facebook or you can visit our website at wastenoday.com don't spend your days wishing for more 
Go out and get it now. Never settle. You always have a choice to waste no day. This podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric.